STEM Minds. Welcome back to STEM Minds. Today I'm joined with Gary Alder, Chartered Engineer and Manager at Tideway London. Gary has a passion for the electrical industry, enjoying both electrical and mechanical work. Today we're going to discuss why you should choose the electronics industry, Gary's time as an apprentice and the importance of striving towards the next development qualification. Gary, it's a pleasure to have you today on the podcast. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. I've had a very busy day working with the IET, looking at doing some EngTech assessing. So I've had some training on that today, which has been good very relevant to today's topic. Let's get stuck in, shall we? Yeah, sure, definitely. Could you start by introducing yourself and your current role? It'd be great to have some more background. Yeah, so I'm Gary Alder. I'm the MICA design manager and installation manager for the Balfour, BT, Morgan Sindel and BAM joint venture, which is currently completing the Tideway Tunnel throughout London. So basically, yeah, I oversee all of the design, the factory testing, the installation works for everything associated with like the electrical instrumentation control and automation for seven sites throughout London. Amazing. Let's start at the beginning then. Where did your interest in engineering come from? Is there sort of a specific moment that stands out from when you were a bit younger? Probably, if I was going to be totally honest, in terms of my childhood and things, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. It only really kind of came to me when really I was kind of like 16, 17, and just started really thinking about careers, you know, choices that you want to make. I still kind of ended up going into business law at the age of 18, which lasted all of about three months. But really, yeah, really from from an educational point of view in the school, I did kind of lack that support and guidance at the time that I probably should have received. But so after dropping out of university, I kind of just thought, what is something that isn't a generic day-to-day job that isn't sat behind a desk? And I kind of nailed that down to it was either going to be plumbing or doing you know electrics and having kind of spoken to some family friends and bits and pieces who do plumbing I just kind of decided that maybe electrics was more of a a thinking person's game kind of in terms of the science behind it and you know the theory side that would also kind of capture my interest so in the end it was a decision to go with the electrics and I went and got myself an apprenticeship. Before we jump into your apprenticeship, it's obviously quite a common theme that people haven't really been given the right education about their different options available to them. So what do you think the education department could do better to make sure people are aware of all their options, especially apprenticeships? I think it needs to start, from my opinion, like at GCSE level. I think really, you know, it's at that point that you're, you know, honing down the topics of education that you're selecting and obviously by the time you reach a level even further so so really I think they need to be engaging at that stage what do you think is a potential career path for you and and that could be two or three because not everyone obviously knows what they want to do at 15 16 you know I certainly didn't as I said but I think it's okay, you know, if, if you're interested in, let's say, journalism was one of the things I was kind of thinking about doing English language, you know, learning to, to write properly and, and doing that sort of thing could be one avenue. Then you can look at the sciences, the maths to look at engineering um, paths. And you can look at other things like, you know, media studies. I think it's, it's just gauging at, at the right stages of at the educational development that we have to really select what you want to do for your for your career and it's certainly something I'll be passing on to my own kids if they don't receive it at school. 
No, definitely. I agree there. So as you said, you were an apprentice when you were younger. Could you tell me about, well, you've already touched upon it a bit, but a bit more about application process and, you know, when you made that decision that apprenticeship was for you? Yeah, so there probably wasn't too much of an application process. It was more, I just went around applying to local companies time. So I think it was about, it was 2008 at the time. I did initially kind of go and have a look at JTL. And to be honest, I found that process a little bit tricky to negate. You know, obviously going and getting things like done, like eye tests and things like that. I kind of put together a bit of a portfolio to gain employment. But I actually had the best results just by contacting local businesses who may be looking at taking on apprentices um, for their business needs. So I was very fortunate to be offered an apprenticeship. I did have to do nine months prior to actually being enrolled on a course. But I think that in the in the long term actually stood me in good stead once I entered college because I already had a bit of an underpinning knowledge and experience that I was able to kind of apply in the classroom. Definitely. And why do you think an apprenticeship then was the sort of right career path for you? I think the, probably the phrase earning and learning was one for me. I was quite keen to be independent as a young adult and obviously money is always keen to that if you want to go out on a Friday night if you want to you know spend how you want to without having you know to be reliant on mum and dad that was always one of my driving factors and you know I think with the apprenticeship itself I wanted something that was going to be challenging but I didn't really want to be in a classroom five days a week either you know and and gaining that on-site experience it it just that variety I like variety in my life and I think that was um, one of the things that I really appreciated probably doing my apprenticeship. That's definitely quite a universal answer and I think one of the key kind of benefits obviously to an apprenticeship over the other sort of options. So moving on to the all-important question then why should people study engineering? I think if you've got an inquisitive mind, if you like problem solving, I think the obvious part is obviously if you enjoy either science or maths. I think one one of the inspiring things for me was when I was doing my first year of my apprenticeship, you kind of toddle along, you know, you're you're learning as, as you go. But one of the things that really kind of inspired me to do something in the industry was the tutor teaching the sciences, obviously mentioned about, you know, dielectric fluid and stuff like that and capacitors. And it was hearing all of that technical knowledge that you know it it is a wider field than just people may think it is and having that open to you having the entirety of the electrical industry open to you or whatever you know could be mechanical engineering or, or civil engineering you know it's not just let's say building an office block if you're in civil engineering it could be building superstructures it could be, you know, excavating and building tunnels. It could be, you know, there's such a wide variety out there that, you know, mechanically, electrically in, in civil engineering that is available to you. It's such an interesting way of life to be able to select your criteria and you can move in between sectors. You're not ever tied down, you know, myself being electrical. Obviously, I've got a background in controls and automation. You know, I can switch from let's say, working on production lines in a factory setting to doing control and automation of water treatment to going into a domestic setting and installing lighting in a, in a living room. Everything is open to you. And I think that that's probably the biggest selling point that I can, I can add, really. Absolutely. The possibilities are endless. Why do you personally work in the industry? I guess, what is your why? Why are you doing this? 
challenges. I think deep down, probably all we all like to be challenged and pushed and the nature of the construction industry and the, the constant having to meet targets, goals, programs, costs every day is a challenge. And it's particularly, it can be enjoyable and stressful, but when you get an engineering problem that you have to resolve through practical thinking. I particularly enjoy those. And when you may have to present, you know, a solution to an issue to peers and and things like that is also very enjoyable. And when you kind of get into those groups and sessions to discuss issues, I mean, even on, you know, the likes of social media, people discuss their engineering issues and spitball and, and have those discussions there. I think it's just, that's probably my why. That's a good why. I think you're completely right that it's such a kind of collaborative environment, which I didn't expect. Obviously, I'm kind of the journalistic side of things, but my LinkedIn is absolutely filled with inspiring stories and what people are up to. And I don't know if you saw, this is quite a random one, but the Lego advert, Christmas advert. I don't know if you've seen the new campaign that came out. I haven't yet, no. Lego has been featuring more in my life, though. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no good to hear well I don't know if it came out yesterday or when it was but it's incredible you need to go and watch it after this but even that popping up on my feed you know it's all these conversations around STEM in particularly engineering and I just think it's amazing amazing place to be yeah no, definitely I mean Lego is a great feeding tool I think it's coming to more into the forefront in recent years but I certainly remember when I was younger it was the Meccanos it was you know those, those sorts of toys the scale electrics that kind of really um were, were the engineering children's toys <laughs> definitely so obviously within the past year or so I know you were awarded your chartered manager status from CMI why was this something that you wanted to achieve and what was this process sort of like for you the process overall, I think, was fairly straightforward. I think it, the reason I kind of undertook it, I think it, initially it was a verification of my own skills and knowledge. You know, where where am I at? And looking at what the criteria is, you know, I think one of the driving forces was the fact that if you've got, you know, chartered engineers and chartered managers working in and around and in particular below myself at the time, it was kind of like, well, surely I must be able to meet that criteria as well. And I'm a big advocate of professional registration. And I think it's, you know, it's a way of showcasing that you do meet that level of criteria. So um, I think it was really just a display for myself that I am capable of that, that level of working and methodology, etc. Absolutely, that makes sense. And I know that you said that you kind of always strive towards the next development qualifications as an engineer why do you think this is vital to keep doing and is there ever a point where you think that you'll stop doing that well I mean the industry obviously is undergoing such rapid change at the moment I don't think we'll ever stop you know a bit like life it's a constant journey it's not about a destination I think we just have to keep plugging away at the new regulations, whether it's new technology, you know, there's so many variables to sectors. And like I say, you know, you can move in and out of different sectors even and get your CPD and development done. I think it's just one of those things that is, like I say, all about the the journey, not the destination. So for me personally, you know, I have probably, it's been a few years since I've undertaken long-term training courses, but like the last one I would say I probably undertook was was an HNC. You know, the next logical step is for me to do an HND and then maybe look at doing a bachelor's, you could then master's, PhD, 
you know, there's no reason to to think you should limit yourself if that's something that if you've got the financial means or an employer that can support you, why why not start? Absolutely. It's interesting because obviously you said earlier that when you were at school, the education kind of, you know, five days a week sitting in front of a lecture hall didn't suit you, but obviously you found your passion now and you can't stop learning. So it's interesting and amazing, I guess, that once you do find that passion, there are no limits and it's exciting. Yeah, I think applying the knowledge that you acquire as well, you know, if you've got, let's say, you know, if you're in an art lesson and and stuff like that, I I wasn't going and seeking art outside in the real world and applying any knowledge or, or completing any of that sort of work. I actually consider myself very lucky to have fallen into something I've got a passion for and I'm interested in. So in my own time, I will look up things that are interesting, obviously get all the magazines that kind of come through from different companies that are kind of producing that content and stuff like that. And it's just, you see articles on on new technology that might be coming up about earthing in concrete and and different things like that. And it just kind of like, oh, that, I can actually apply that. That might be useful to get me out of this hole that I've had previously on other projects. So yeah, there's always an application for something, whether whether you realise it yet or not. I think it's always keen to to learn it and then worry about it later. Definitely. And what is your most standout achievement so far in your career then? Definitely got plenty to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I think probably the one for me was the becoming a chartered engineer. I think that was... When I set out on my apprenticeship, it was something I never thought I'd achieve. And it was only in like the last few recent years that really working in the role that I have and really getting that confidence that, okay, I've got chartered engineers working alongside me and, and with me and that I'm managing and overseeing. I'm definitely off that level now. And yeah, I think that was probably a really enjoyable one to reach. Was it your lack of confidence then that stopped you going for that sooner? Is that the only thing that stopped you? I wouldn't necessarily say confidence. I think it was probably more doubtful of my own competence. I wasn't sure that I was meeting the criteria, but it was one of those things that I'd never even bothered to look at. I just kind of kept plugging away at the the education, striving for progression in my roles at work. And it wasn't until I actually stopped and took a moment to reflect on like the, the engineering council's criteria that I thought, actually, oh, okay, maybe I have met that at that level you know because I'd already been managing director of two businesses and stuff prior but you just don't kind of connect the dots to think you know oh I haven't got a degree so I'm not going to be able to become a chartered engineer you know that's the kind of common thinking that's probably still quite definitely part of the industry that most people perceive that to be the case but you know like myself coming through as an apprentice to a approved electrician it's a route you can take Definitely. And I'm sure people listening will obviously feel inspired to hear your story going through the same thing. Yeah, I'd hope so. Yeah. No, obviously, that part of the reason for sharing my own journey, you know, with yourself and with my own podcast and bits and pieces that I'm kind of doing. Everybody does have their own journey that they're going to walk. But, you know, if you if you can have some inspirations along the way, you know, we've all got people who inspire us and, and lead us. I've got a few of those in my own journey as well. And yeah, no, it's something I'm uh, I'm grateful for every day. That's amazing. And then just before we sort of round this up then, what is the next step for you in terms of development? I know you know what you were doing earlier might be something that you'd like to talk about before you jumped on this podcast with me. So volunteering for the IET, I'm a professional registration advisor for them for iEng and CEng. 
having gone through that journey, I felt that it was an opportunity for me to give back as well as doing the eng tech assessing now. That also gives me an opportunity to give back and hopefully help others, you know, where possible to become professionally registered, you know, with the IET. I think it can definitely help as a resource for anyone wanting to develop themselves, you know, the CPD available to them, the the resources available on there, as well as, you know, tracking your own development. It can add structure to how you develop yourself moving forward. And I think it's something I lacked. And had I done it earlier in terms of becoming a member and, and looking at professional registration, I may have reached those goals quicker. So yeah, I think it's something that I'd recommend for anyone. Definitely. I think it's invaluable that you're going about doing that. Have you got any other final words for those listening before we round this up? I wouldn't say anything in particular. I think it's key to keep developing yourself. The one kind of rule I always did was look at the person above me. What are they doing? How did they get to where they got to? And what do I need to do to become them? And that's kind of the rule of thumb I've always kind of used, you know, if I whether it was a supervisor on site, project manager, a managing director, whoever it was, you know, what skills, what training, what education and continue to push yourself. Don't ever just settle in. There's a long career ahead of us all. You know, we've all got what 40 plus years of work in us. Why not push yourself and, and see where you can end up? That's brilliant advice and something everybody should definitely remember that was absolutely valuable information from you and I'm sure your story has inspired many to take the plunge into an engineering career and others to continue developing their skills thank you so much for your time today Gary no it's been a pleasure thank you very much stem minds